I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the Vikings have a coach, but will need to wait uh, until after the Super Bowl because uh, Kevin O'Connell is getting ready to be a part of the staff that will coach the L.A. Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And to talk about what's transpired with the Vikings is Chris Thomason, who covers the purple for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Chris, how you been? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me, Steve. Really appreciate it. Yeah, what a, what a whirlwind. I, I, I suppose as a beat writer in a situation like this, how, how do you get any sleep? Let's let's peek behind the curtain a little bit. I mean, I suppose between social media and following up on rumors and trying to talk to sources, you know, you got to be going all the time. Well, at least with social media and Twitter and all that, you learn kind of other people who know what's going on. I mean, there were so many outrageous Twitter reports by people that I'd never heard of, you know, about Harbaugh. Oh, he's going to be named the coach, all that kind of stuff. And there was one publication in Michigan, the Wolverine, which on the day before said it was a done deal and Harbaugh was being named the coach. It's like, uh, okay, well, he hadn't even interviewed. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it's kind of (laughs) learning, you know, what – what's out there and, and what's real and what's what's not. You know, that in addition to the information that you, of course, can get yourself. Yeah, and, you know, the, the thing, Chris, I, I've learned particularly, and I, I've told the story on the air before, when I, I got into the business, pretty much everything we got from the outside world, unless you could get somebody on the phone, came over the AP wire. And if you were in a studio, in a radio studio, you'd go out and you'd rip the AP wire and read the copy as it came over. Well, I've been around a long time. Computers have changed all of that. But you still, and I think this is a lesson for all of us, be very careful who you follow on any social media or on Twitter, credible sources. Generally, if I know the people, have met the people, have talked to the people on the radio, I, I... I have a lot more trust in in what they say on Twitter versus just some random guy from Michigan or California or wherever. You, you, you got to be your own editor when it comes to that and, and really be careful what you look into. But there are a lot of people connecting the dots. Here's Jim Harbaugh agreeing to come to Minnesota to interview with the Minnesota Vikings on National Signing Day, of all things, really kind of made 
a lot of people go, wow, you know, he's got to be pretty serious about this job if he's going to risk coming to look at a job in the NFL on a very big day in the college game. Well, that was overblown. Michigan didn't sign any players on Wednesday. They had signed all their players in the earlier yeah, period. Yeah, okay. So Fair I thought that I thought that was overblown. That was just... Uh, I mean, part of that was in stating how serious Harbaugh was in the job, and he indeed was very serious. And uh, I and others reported Wednesday night that he, of course, was never offered the job. And I don't know if you saw that Detroit Free Press interview that Harbaugh did Thursday and came out uh, today, but he pretty much admitted, you know, he, he wanted the job, but the Vikings didn't want him, so... That's pretty much what happened, and, uh, you know, from what I've heard, I mean, Harbaugh, with his reputation and what have you, uh, figured he was going to come in. He, you know, he figured he already had the job locked up when he showed up, but uh, that proved to not be correct. Yeah, and I, I did read your piece uh, where, where you talk about that interview with the Detroit Free Press, and it is available at TwinCities.com. Chris does a great job covering the Minnesota Vikings. And then it all kind of turned into, okay, the, the fans got fired up about Jim Harbaugh, or some fans did, and the, there was a lot made about it. And then all of a sudden you get the sense that the Vikings settled on O'Connell, but that that isn't fair to him either. Yeah, they had a very good interview with O'Connell Monday night in Los Angeles, and they were very high on him so i'm sure in the vikings eyes i mean he was leading the field at that point before the harbaugh interview because they hadn't even interviewed harbaugh and so harbaugh i think and lots of people maybe didn't realize it and and maybe even i didn't realize it you know he had to come in and, and, and win the job if he wanted it and wasn't able to but uh the thing that always kind of struck me after it surfed when it first surfaced last weekend that uh, there was legitimate interest in Harbaugh, it kind of went against what the Vikings, their initially what they were looking for. I mean, looked like they were going to hire maybe more of a younger up-and-coming coach and uh, obviously one also that they wouldn't have to pay as much money to. And then all of a sudden Harbaugh surfaces because, you know, they didn't interview – Doug Peterson, they didn't really interview veteran coaches, you know, maybe I guess Dan Quinn, who's 43 and has been a head coach, you potentially could put him in the veteran category, but generally they're interviewing younger up-and-coming guys, and then boom, all of a sudden, Harbaugh's been interviewed, so it didn't kind of fit the initial blueprint, and then I think they went back to what they had originally planned kind of to look for, and Obviously, they were extremely impressed with their interviews with O'Connell. Yeah, and with uh, the the general manager and the new approach, and there was a lot of talk, and and certainly a a lot said and written when when Mike Zimmer left that, you know, old school wasn't working, that we need to try a new approach. And often in sports, whatever the sport is, uh, you kind of go in another direction, almost a 180, and you get the sense with Kevin O'Connell that th- this is going to be a, quite a change from 
Mike Zimmer and Mike Zimmer's approach. Yeah, I mean, you look at Harbaugh and uh, who can be abrasive and that sort yeah. of thing. I'm not, you, you know, he has some similarities to that matter. And you heard what the players said yeah. after Zimmer was let go. Eric Kendricks in particular saying a fear-based organization is not to go. Not to say that uh, Harbaugh would have come in and been Genghis Khan, but still, you know, he, he kind of goes against the grain of what people thought they certainly were looking for. I mean, when Mark Wilkes talked after Zim was fired, he talked about a coach who could collaborate, has great communication skills, that sort of thing, and that doesn't exactly seem to fit Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, so, Kevin O'Connell, the the Vikings await, introduce after the Super Bowl and uh, move forward, and there's a lot of decisions to be made. And, and since they landed on O'Connell, there's been a lot of talk about what does this mean for the future uh, of Kirk Cousins. Are they going to keep Kirk? Are they going to redo his deal and extend him? We really don't know that yet, but there, as we've talked before, a ton of big decisions to make on both sides of the ball with this football team. Yeah, I'd call the Kirk Cousins thing 50-50 right now. It's totally up in the air. I'm sure it came out during the interview process, but obviously O'Connell has been with Kirk Cousins before. He was Washington's quarterback coach in 2017, has a history with him so i certainly never heard of any i haven't heard of any friction that they had or what have you but uh so yeah o'connell and cousins it would seem can work together but you got the 35 million dollar guaranteed salary this season 45 million dollar cap number taking up 21.6 percent of the cap i mean can you move forward with that kind of burden on a quarterback who's at a 500 record. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's 50, 50 and they've got time to talk about it and time to explore. But if they're thinking about moving on from Kirk cousins, they obviously have to have a quarterback in mind to replace them. I mean, either somebody they can trade for or a free agent that they pretty much think they could snag right when the uh, free agency starts. Yeah, and Chris, I, I think for Viking fans and, you know, around the water cooler talking to people I know that, that follow the game and just getting a fan's perspective, that they're, they're all wondering, is are the Vikings going to move into full rebuild mode? Did they um, tell the new general manager and the new and, – and we don't know that because we weren't specifically in the room when they discussed all of these things – but do you get any sense that the Wolves would accept? Yep, we're we're gonna we're gonna tear this thing down. We're we're gonna start over. Or are they gonna try and uh, retool on the fly and stay competitive? You know, because there are issues with this football team, and they became pretty clear the last couple of years. No, I don't think it'll be a tear down rebuild. That's not the Wolves' history. That goes against everything that they stand for and uh, Mark Wolf came right out after Spielman and Zimmer were fired and said that this is not a rebuilding job but the question is do they kind of try to do maybe what they did in 2020 where they tried to uh, kind of 
rebuild and be competitive at the same time. Yeah. Then, of course, they went when not bringing back all those free agents, mainly on defense, thinking that young guys could do the job, and then they go 7-9, and that didn't work. So do they still try something like that and, and think that, well, if we do this, this time it'll work? That remains to be seen, obviously. Yeah, and and that that that's going to be a tall order, and uh, the 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 general manager and head coach uh, have got to dig in, and then uh, beyond that, put a staff together. There's there there's a lot of heavy lifting to do. These guys are going to be busy. Yeah, there's no doubt, and also, I mean, I don't have the exact day that Zimmer was named coach in 2014, but when it all shakes out, it'll probably be about a month later. I mean, Zimmer was pretty much named coach in mid-January, and O'Connell will start in mid-February after the Super Bowl, so you're already a month behind in that standpoint. So that'll be interesting to see how quickly they can uh, get up to speed because free agency will start just a month after uh, after uh, O'Connell takes over, and then obviously you know, draft preparations are already in full swing. Yeah, it, it is just a 100% a year-round business, and and there, there won't be any rest. And, it, and it's a good thing Kevin O'Connell is younger because he's going to need that energy. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be sleeping at the office plenty. Yeah, and Kwesi Adolfo, Mensa, the general manager, um, certainly – He's already been able to hit the ground running, and I, I think anybody in his position has a pretty good idea on on all the veteran guys in the NFL and already have a pretty good handle on what's going to be available in the next draft class. I'm sure you know he, he's all over the the entire situation, so it's, it, it's, it's not like they can't do anything until Kevin O'Connell comes to town and they fill out their staff. Yeah, and they've got a solid scouting staff. Jamal Stevenson, Ryan Monins, yeah. they're down at the Senior Bowl, obviously, this week. So the scouting staff is is all in place and that sort of thing. So they're doing their jobs. And uh, I did talk to one uh, person on staff there, and he said that the the coaching staff, I mean, they're all in there doing their jobs. I mean, some have left to take other jobs, but those who are still under contract are uh, – working as if they had a head coach who was right there in the office. I mean, they're getting they're getting their work done. All right. Well, Chris, always good to visit with you. And uh, by the way, is that book you did still uh, uh, available on sale right now? Oh, yeah. It'll certainly still be available. Just go to Amazon.com with my name, Chris Thomason, T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N, Minnesota Vikings, all-time all-stars. And I appreciate it when I come on that you make mention of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you put a lot of work into that thing, and I know Viking fans, if you haven't seen it already, will certainly enjoy it. So once again, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, all-time All-Stars, uh, the best players at each position for the purple and gold. Chris Thomason covers the Vikes for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Always good to visit with you, Chris. Take care. Likewise, Steve. Thanks a lot. All right, there he is, Chris Thomason, joining us here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Sports to the max here on a Friday night. Big thanks to Chris Thomason for joining on the program. Still come a little bit later on. My good friend Kevin Lynch will join us. We will talk Timberwolves. He's the Valley Sports North. 
Timberwolves analyst. And Ken Polly, boys hockey coach at Benilde St. Margaret's, ranked number three in the latest poll. And uh, the boys hockey season winding down here in the next couple of weeks. And then it's on to sections. And then in early March, of course, uh, the big state hockey tournament at the X in St. Paul. PGA Tour, one of my favorite events. Uh, the old clam bake. Uh, it's been called that for a long time. Of course, Bing Crosby hosted this event a long, long time ago. Now it's the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And one of my favorite regular stops on the PGA Tour. And it's hard to beat the visuals every year out at Pebble Beach. Uh, Seamus Power is your leader. He is at 16 under par, back-to-back 64s. He has a five-shot lead over Andrew Putnam, Tom Hoagie, and Adam Svensson, a Canadian. Uh, Troy Merritt, another you know, Hoagie uh, from Fargo. Uh, Troy Merritt, he's in a tie for eighth at nine under par. And Merritt played at Spring Lake Park and now lives out in Idaho. But uh, Troy Merritt, a 68, and then a 67. Uh, five under 67 at Pebble Beach today. Uh, Jason Day is also in that group at nine under par. And let's see if we have any other big names in the hunt at Pebble Beach. Justin Rose, former Olympic champion down in Brazil. He's at six under par. But right now, kind of a runaway. Seamus Power at 16 under par, a five-shot lead over a group including Tom Hoagie at Pebble Beach. And I look forward to maybe catching a highlight or two of that a little bit later on. Uh, The Olympics are underway in Beijing. And people want to say, well, the Olympics and and politics. I'm sorry, the Olympics and politics are always tied together because of the nature of um, who's hosting. And when the International Olympic Committee uh, puts the Olympic Games in in countries that are dictatorships, like China and, and Russia, um, th- there's always going to be politics involved. And that's what they are. They are dictatorships, whether it's a communist dictatorship or an authoritarian regime, like like Putin's in Russia, uh, when the Olympic Games were in Sochi a while back, that that's what they are. They're they're dictators, and it's hard not to. And I caught part of the opening ceremonies this morning when I was getting ready to go to my full time job and uh, helping my daughter get ready for the day. And just thinking to myself that it it just becomes harder to overlook that. Now, obviously, I'm supporting the athletes, uh, particularly the the athletes from the United States that are competing and have dedicated their lives, whether it's uh, to cross-country skiing or hockey or or whatever the endeavor, curling. um, I'm into it, and and I will watch uh, the figure skating in particular. There's great interest. My wife and daughter want to watch a figure skating competition. Um, I, I'm fine with that. I'll catch some hockey games. Uh, I'll probably sample some curling and some skiing and some of the other events. But but it, it it's it's hard not to think about 
these countries who are truly adversaries, and that is China and Russia. And th- this morning to see uh, Xi and Putin and put on their show, and obviously there's no diplomatic delegation from the United States, but it's 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 hard not to root even harder or for the USA or, or for that matter our friends from Canada in these Winter Olympics because um, I I just can't get beyond the fact that those are dictatorships and they're having the Olympic Games in a country like China that isn't free. Or or for that matter, Putin's there and and what he stands for. So so it it is political. And it is political for me. This is like the old days, the old Soviet Union and USA and Lake Placid and the Miracle on Ice. No, it's not quite like that. But but there's still that feeling. And I, I get the strong sense that they are adversaries. And anybody who doesn't think that they are adversaries, they are adversaries. Uh, there, there's no question about that. And it, it's too bad. Once again, I root on our athletes, but uh, I just can't help but think um, that politically uh we're, we're miles apart it is 7 30 uh, here at news talk e3owcco11 update on the weather and uh, we, we've got a lot to get into uh all-star weekend in the nhl the nba all-star game is coming up we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as i mentioned we'll talk more timberwolves with kevin lynch we'll talk high school hockey with ken Pauly. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Sports to the Max. Steve Thompson in for Mike Max. Chris Tubbs, our producer. Henry Lake in early, getting ready for the big show tonight between 9 and 11. And Henry, I understand you witnessed a protest on the streets just outside of WCCO Radio uh, downtown. And I would assume this is associated with the. Uh, Shooting death of Amir Locke at the hands of police. Uh, There's been a lot, a lot of coverage online, a lot of coverage uh, here on air of uh, the aftermath uh, of that shooting. And and you you and Chris Tubbs witnessed that protest Mm -hmm. move through the area. Yeah, you know, so we're accustomed to protests, right, with all that's been happening here the last couple of years uh, in the midst of what occurred uh, with George Floyd and then also what we had happened in Brooklyn Center with Dante Wright. But those were warm climate, you know, summertime, springtime um, situations where people could get out and about and they could, you know, actively, you know, march and protest and stuff like that. You know, now it's we're talking about (laughs) below zero temperatures. Right. So you're not going to have people protesting in that same way. But what they're doing now tonight, and it's not by us here near the radio station right now, but there is a caravan of people in their cars, you know, honking their horns and chanting. And some of the people are, are getting out of their cars at stoplights and holding up signs and stuff like that, letting it be known that uh, what happened with the uh, senseless um, tragedy of uh, Amir Locke uh, being killed a couple of days ago uh, just is unjust and is not right. So they're letting their voices be heard. Yeah. Um, there's no telling where those people are going to drive to, but – I would assume that they're going to be all over the Twin Cities uh, this evening. Yeah, and Henry, it's another situation. No knock warrants. This this is not new. It's been very controversial for a long time. Yeah, and 
here we have uh, the, the body cam footage. Everybody's seen it, or anybody who's paying attention has seen it. And people are asking the same questions. Well, you know. What is going on here? Yeah, and, and to me, I don't know how you felt about it, but, you know, for me, Steve, it felt like we were back with a Brianna Taylor situation in Louisville, Kentucky. That's essentially what, yeah, what comes absolutely. to mind. And, you know, I'll tell you the toughest thing about the last 24 hours for, for me has been, it's been two things. First and foremost, the fact that there's a family and a community without um, a young man who shouldn't have died. He was not any part of, he was not a suspect and he was not named on this warrant. Number one, um, he should still be with us. Number two, the part that that was really tough for me last night was I turned to Hammer and I turned to Chris and I asked them both. I said, "Have you seen the the video? You know, the body camera footage, right? Because it had been released. I want to say maybe like ninety minutes or a couple of hours before my show, and they said they had not seen it. I am not somebody that um, that wants to see stuff like that. I'm not a thrill seeker in that way." Because this is not a movie, this is real life. And so, for me, I didn't want to see it. But at the same time, Steve, I felt like I needed to, even though I didn't want to, just to be able to have context and just to be able to speak to it when we're talking about talking to our listening audience with some, you know, with with just being authentic about what you say because it's based on the context of what you actually saw with your own eyes. Right. And, I, and it was I, tough. I, think, I can't even like, see it now. Right. And he brought up Brianna Taylor and the this concept of someone can come bursting through your door unannounced, the, the no-knock warrant, and, and now there's a moratorium and there was supposed to be a moratorium. There's some confusion about that. And, and I, th- I think it all gets back to the same thing. What is the policy going to be going forward? And, and I understand on on search warrants are, are a part of the process. I I understand that, but but the no knock warrant seems to me is just a lay person, an outside observer, creating a a situation where horrible tragedies, just like we witnessed here, can happen. Yeah, and, and and let me let me say something. I um I talked to somebody in law enforcement earlier today and they um they expressed to me or the comment that they made, one of the many comments that they that they said to me today was it's so bad that here in Minneapolis we can't get out of our own way. We have been the epicenter for so much over the course of the last year and a half. And here we are again. And that's frustrating for people in law enforcement that want to get it right. Sure. Well, and I, I heard something on one of our newscasts that St. Paul and Minneapolis were working together on this. And that St. Paul hadn't done a no-knock warrant in five years. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, but that's the number I remember. I hadn't heard that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then at Minneapolis and, and their involvement in this investigation and serving of this warrant uh, were insisting on the no-knock warrant. So, so I think there needs to be 
an understanding of what that is, why that is, why that's a tool. Uh, there's now a moratorium. And obviously in this situation, it, it led to a tragic circumstance that nobody wants to see. Yeah. And, and, and I think, Henry, you and I can certainly agree on this. How do we keep this stuff from happening again? You know, I'll, I'll how, how do we move forward and, and what can we do to make sure this, this, this sort of I, stuff doesn't happen? I'll reiterate, Steve, that we need better police training. We need true reform because, as I said last night, what's, you know, what, what politicians um, try to speak to us about, not last Janu- uh, not not last July, but the uh, the prior July, right after George Floyd was uh, was killed. That's just crumbs off the table, man. And st- stop stop playing with the people. We need to talk about real reform. We need real action. And right now, we're not getting it. Yeah, uh, just uh, another tragedy. And once again, uh, something for for the city and and our state and our country to collectively. Uh, try to overcome and get better from it. Yep. And and I hope that happens. Yep. Appreciate it, Steve. All right, Henry. Henry Lake coming up later tonight, late night between uh, 9 and uh, 1 a.m. on this Friday night. And as he mentioned a little bit earlier tonight, uh, he witnessed it, caught some video. Our producer, Chris Tubbs, uh, there, there was apparently uh, some sort of moving motor vehicle protest uh, moving through downtown Minneapolis. We'll continue to keep an eye on this story and of course more online at WCCORadio.com. We'll have another update from our newsroom at 8 o'clock and of course bring you any new developments at once. Here in the Twin Cities it is 3 degrees. Our wind chill stands at 9 below zero. But uh, we've got some positivity on the weather front. When we come back uh, we'll we'll get back to sports. It is All-Star Weekend in the NHL. And whenever we get to an all-star weekend, I'd love to have this debate. Uh, what's what's the best all-star game? What's the worst all-star game in sports? We'll, we'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. If you have the Odyssey app, you may have received an alert that uh, the streets are blocked by protesters around the Bolero Flats apartment homes in the area of 1117 South Marquette Avenue. So if you're downtown, be aware of that if you're in the downtown area. But uh, we had talked about that with with Henry Lake. But uh, once again, uh, there there are a number of motor vehicles in the area of that uh, area of South Marquette. So so be aware of that. We'll continue uh, to keep you up to date here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. But uh, uh, my my brother happened to be downtown and uh, noticed increased traffic and uh, gridlock at times uh, in the area of that uh, apartment building in uh, downtown Minneapolis. So be aware of that. It is All-Star Weekend in the NHL, uh, and Chris Tubbs joining us. And, you know, we always throw out topics. You know, what are we going to talk about? Well, we had the Wild and the Timberwolves out of the gate. Uh, we talked Vikings with Chris Thomason, and they have their head coach, but he, he won't 
uh, BTCO Performance Center until after the Super Bowl. is a little busy right now uh, preparing the Rams to play the Bengals in the big game a week from Sunday. And then I, every year I think about the All-Star Games. And in reality, some of the other festivities are a big part. It's an honor for the players. The games in general are terrible. Um, and for me, the only game that makes any sense and the only game that they can actually play, in my opinion, in real speed, and it looks as much like the regular product as it does during a regular season, is MLB. It's the king of the All-Star Games. It always has been. Forget about that tie in Milwaukee all those years ago. Oh, Vicente Padilla. You don't, uh, don't forget about Vicente Padilla. <laughs> but, you know, MLB I, I, is my favorite All-Star game, and I came up with a power ranking, and, and <laughs> okay. so did Chris Tubbs. Yes. And y- you can't argue, Chris, that, that MLB is king, that they've got the All-Star game right because pitchers can pitch, and, and players can take their at-bats and, and can play defensively. Because we all know in the NBA and in the NHL and in the NFL Pro Bowl game, they ain't playing any defense. No, they, well... They're, they're uh, not guarding anybody. Well, if if we still would have had the home field advantage to the winner of the Major League Baseball All-Star game, this would have been way down the list. But since they scrapped that back in 2017... I have gone back to it, although I will say before we really get into it, Steve, with all of these all of these these uh, all-star games, I know why they've gone to the all-star jerseys, but I really, really loved when you could watch the twins and when they were really bad, Tom Brenansky makes the all-star game, right? And he's wearing a Twins baby blue jersey with the 24, and you're like... See, I, I totally agree, and I know it's about merch. It's all about merch. Yeah, it's, it's all about merchandising. I, I get yeah. it, but wear your team's jerseys, for crying yeah. out loud. The, 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 home, the home unis or, yes. or the road unis. Now, now, the problem is, outside of, say, the Tigers and the Yankees mm-hmm. and the Dodgers and the Cardinals... Everybody's got alternates, and you don't know what they wear at home, and you don't know, you know. Uh, but I agree. I I think it would be cool if the players would wear their team's uniform. That that would be a good add to the All Star game. But I I think the way it's formatted right now, I like the idea that you get a player from every team, even if the team generally stinks. You get a player in the game. Um, well, because you look, I, I you, like look you look forward to your player, right? The, the guy that's representing your team. That's, I mean, that's the reason why some people might watch. Oh, for sure. You know, that's that's why yeah. people from the Orioles want to watch for Cedric Mull. You know what I mean? It, it's like you got your guy that you can root for. Yeah, it, exactly. You you, you want to see your guy, and you want to see your guy in the game. Mm-hmm. I also like it because it's summer. It's the mid summer class. Yeah, you know, yep. I I like. I like that part of it as mm-hmm. well. And generally, the sports calendar is quiet. It's all about the All-Star game that night. Now, I know there's other things that filled in around it, and they, they've tried to create counter-programming. But what I generally like is is that's the focus. When, when the game is played on a Tuesday night, that's the big deal. Maybe I don't catch the whole thing, but I always try to tune in and catch the All-Star game. After that, it, it gets murky. Now, I'll give you my power rankings real quick. Okay. I, I've got the NHL 
in NBA. Mm-hmm. And really, you can throw a hula hoop around them, two, three, you know, mix match. I just picked the NHL All Star game, uh, number two. And then you got the NBA. But there's absolutely no defense played. I mean, these are literally scrimmages. Mm-hmm. The, these are literally guys just out there having fun, which isn't isn't terrible, but to call it a game is a stretch. And then there's the Pro Bowl. I have absolutely no idea, and I've said this for years, why they even bother with the Pro Bowl. Um, number one, risk of injury is so great. But, but number two, it, it doesn't resemble even the preseason product, which is terrible, let alone a regular season or a playoff game. So... Why bother with the Pro Bowl? All right, Chris, go. All right. Uh, I actually, while you were talking about that, I actually moved the Pro Bowl up to number two. <laughs> okay. You did. I did, yes. You did an edit on the fly. Yeah, I, why? I, I, I did. And then I've got the NBA, and then I've got the NHL. Okay. I, I can put all three of those together. They're too gimmicky, right? I, I mean, the, the NBA, I had the NBA number two. But then you've got this whole, you know, the the first team to 21 wins. You know, what I mean? yeah, you're, you're exactly. breaking it up by quarters. Too gimmicky. Yeah. The NHL, I don't even know what their format is anymore. I mean, is it? I don't even know, you know. And the same with the NBA. It's, you know, Team LeBron versus Team Durant or whatever. At least the Pro Bowl, I know what I'm going to get. It's an exhibition. Yeah, there's very little effort being put into it. One of the very first Pro Bowls I remember was Chris Warren from the Seahawks just going nuts. And I remember, like, I always wanted to go to the Pro Bowl when it was in Honolulu because it always yeah. looked oh, like yeah. it always looked like fun. It's like that's the one thing that I wanted to do. Uh, the NBA again, the NBA, NHL, little too gimmicky for me. Um, so that's why I put the Pro Bowl at number two. But you you hit on something that I totally agree with. Go back to the old East versus West. Yeah. In in these All Star games. And in the Pro Bowl, here's take take out the blocking and tackling. Let, let's let's see these top players in football play an old fashioned flag football game. I'd be fine with that. As long as you don't do it on the beach, because that's what ruined Robert Edwards' career. Yeah. All right, we gotta run. We got all the news. We'll talk Timberwolves, Kevin Lynch from Bally Sports North here on CCO. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 